Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying listening and reading. I am very fortunate today. I get to talk to somebody who's going to help me out and, and hopefully he's going to help all of us out. So I have two kids and uh, we've been home more than I have been my whole uh, professional career. I am a, uh, I'm a very loving father and I try really hard to find ways to, to entertain my kids and entertain myself. But uh, our industry has not really given us the skills to entertain children. Uh, you know, we, we're really good at entertaining grown adults. We're really good at throwing uh, conventions and uh, making lots of connections, but the, the one-on-one entertainment of children and teenagers and stuff, it's not something that I've, you know, developed the skills for much. And, uh, and I never really thought I was going to have to, I thought I was just going to have to be a good father, teach them all the, the hard knocks life and, and kind of how to, you know, use a fork and eat healthy and avoid sugary cereals. But uh, nowadays I'm, I'm spending a lot more time with my kids and uh, I have to really be creative. And I used to be able to rely on the fact that I had a cool job and then I would take my kids to concerts and they would be, Oh, that's pretty cool. Or I would take them you know, when I worked at the joint, I would bring them there and they would get to play with radios and that was pretty cool. But now I'm at home and I don't really have all that. Uh, so I'm trying to like come up with a, a hobby. And uh, I've been emailing back and forth with a, a very good uh, friend of mine. And he has done some amazing things to entertain himself and uh, his, his kid. So uh, please, please welcome Ian Hoffer. He is a technical consultant operating as Aurora Sound and Light Design out of New Jersey. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ian. I really look forward to this conversation. Definitely. And um, let me tell you, there are so many unique and interesting things that you can do, right? And depending on the age, uh, my daughter is now 15 and a half, exactly. But the stuff we have done to date, even if you cut out the travel and the things that we can't do now, and taking her to She's been to more clubs probably than many adults, but um, so I used to take her with me when I was doing designs or setting up, but being stuck at home, it's not fun, right? Um, so if you're stuck at home with a little equipment, then it can be a little bit more fun, right? Or what else are you into? Uh, do you have projectors, right? Um, let's see. Uh, okay. Last summer, last spring, I'm not... At this point, I, the whole virus thing, I'm lost on how long it's been so far. But we um, we still let I've her- lost, I've lost track. Yeah, it's just it's just like, 
in the yeah the past year and a half or whatever yeah um you know we my bet one of my close friends lives across the street and then one of my other close friends lives nearby and then my um daughter's cousin lives in Cherry Hill. So those are kids that we let her play with regardless. Um, so in the summertime, I set up one of those Intex inflatable pools in the uh, backyard. Um, I got the 18 foot by 48 inch model. And I um, took uh, underwater 12 volt fishing lights, that blue lights that are meant to attract fish. And I put those all the way around it. So the pool would glow blue at night. That looked amazing. And they were in it every single day. Loved it. I would set up the fog machines back there. I would I would blow fog. And then sometimes we'd do zombie nights. Zombie nights were their favorites, right? I would go out in the street and I'd set up uh, two F-100s, a DF-50 just for atmosphere. I'd set up um, a whole bunch of police like actual police light bars that I have from various shows and that I would have all that stuff on and I'd fog the street. So there, you know, you got 10 kids running around playing, uh, driving go-karts through the fog, um, zombie night. So I have some videos of that and it's a lot of fun. Um, but again, that's just some toys I had at home, fog machines, a fan, a couple strobes. Um, uh, we have, I have a flight simulator in my house. There's actually some industry people who, uh, Greg Jones, the um, from Martin, actually has been to my house and flown it, along with Olivier Ruer, uh from Harman. Um, and it is a one-to-one -one scale replica of a 737, fully functional. Um, if, if this was video, you'd be able to see it behind me, but it is a lot of fun. And that's something I built maybe six or seven years ago now. And um, my daughter definitely, oh, when she was eight or nine, she would fly it all the time. She'd be, sometimes I'd find her curled up in the captain's seat with her feet up on the instrument panel, watching a movie on her iPad. So that was her clubhouse. I, uh, I'm working on a motion platform now, six degree of freedom with at least a 700 millimeter stroke, which means that it can move pretty, you know, 30 degrees left, 30 degrees right, uh, heave, it can move up and down. Um, so once that's done, I set it up two ways. One, you can sit in it and you use VR. I have the uh, HTC Vive Pro, and I just built a new PC, still waiting for my RTX 3090 GPU. Good luck with that. The Bitcoiners took all the cards. And I also built a full um, Garmin G1000 simulated panel in it, so with a 52-inch curved screen that wraps around. So you can sit in it in VR mode, just put your hands on the throttle and the stick, or you can be in... You can turn off all the lights in the room, have it pitch black, and then just look at the screen and the actual G1000, which is um, uh, the aircraft control panel, the glass cockpit you see in Cessnas and whatnot. So that's a lot of fun. Um, of course, she still likes to play Beat Saber. But, um, so I have to give this all the due respect that it deserves. People listening at home, you can't see it behind it, but it is. it takes up a majority of the room. It has its own canopy. It has its own door. It is a, as he said, a one-to-one -one replica of yep. the cockpit in what looks like your living room or it's like yep. a, a, okay. That is the living room slash my office slash lighting demo setup test room. Slash anytime somebody from the industry comes by, you're like, hey, let's go, let's go fly a 737. All the SIGMET reps from New Jersey, if you guys are listening, you, you know who you are. Um, Greg Elwell, they've all been here. They've flown it. Um, 
So it was getting well known. More and more people had come to fly it, but then the virus hit. So no more travel. What a great way to spend time. It's one of those things where I have always wished I had a hobby, but I've never had the time. And it sounds like you've actually made a very concerted effort to make sure that you have something to do when you're at home. I, I, let's see, I graduated high school in 1992, uh, pre, before the ADD boom, right? But back in fourth grade, which was, I don't know, 1986 or something like that, they had diagnosed me with ADD. They said, this kid really has this new ADD thing. And I, I truly think that I do because I need constant, I'm playing with the little gadget as we're speaking. So I like, I, I need something to work on. I need something to play with. I need something to focus on. So I have remote control cars. I have drones of all types. I have I've modified the remote control cars to do different stuff. I've got the drones set up so they can drop parachute loads and whatnot. I've got the RC cars set up with real Abrams strobes, which are the strobes they use on the police cars, uh, running off an independent 12-volt system, smoke grenades. Uh, sometimes I'll order a case of smoke grenades and let my daughter go out there and just throw them different colors. And then her and her friends will take pictures in the different smoke backgrounds. I'm going to rein you in for just a second. Tell me about the thing that you did with her, her school dance. I thought oh, that okay. was very interesting. Let's, uh, I, I'll do my best to rein you in a little bit and then we'll, and I'll wind you up and I'll just let you go again. No, perfect. Perfect. Tell me what, whatever, <laughs> wherever you want me to go. That's why I'm here. <laughs> school dances. Okay. Everybody in this business started somehow. Some people were roadies. Some people were theater techs. Some people were the school AV kid, you know, whatever you were. I was a DJ. I started the first paid DJ job was when I was in seventh grade summer camp. And then when I was in high school from my sophomore year onward, I DJed all the dances at my high school um, and most of the dances in the region. I had gotten a pretty good following because I also worked at a club called The Fizz, which was in Langhorne, PA, and was probably the most famous suburban club in Bucks County, PA. If anybody's from that region, they'll definitely remember it. I would do school dance work on and off, you know, back then, right out of high school. And gradually I moved more into clubs and I was letting this, the, the school dance and the prom work go. And it got to the point where I was only doing the proms because the proms do pay very well. I mean, a prom is a $3,000 job, uh, mm -hmm. cash job. So I would, um, because it's all my own equipment. I wasn't enough to rent anything, didn't have to hire anybody, maybe a roadie. My daughter last year was in eighth grade and I thought about it. I said, okay, you're in eighth grade. Schools don't have as many dances as they used to, but they still, they're still having them. So let me approach the school and see what I can do. At first I got a little bit of pushback because they had another parent, believe it or not, who was a DJ of some type who had been doing the dances for them, right? And I said, well, okay, it's fine. Let, let, let me try one, right? I'll, I'll take whatever money you were giving the other guy, which was next to nothing. So I, I go out and do one amazing production for them, full scale. I mean, real commercial production. Then they <laughs> like it so much, they bring me back to do the eighth grade formal dance uh, for my daughter's class, uh, photo booth, confetti cannons. And I don't mean the little guys, I mean the the stage confetti cannons. You know, you guys, the ones you see at LDI, you know what I'm talking about, with a CO2 tank attached to it. Nice. Um, we did, yeah. I had a 14-foot video wall. Uh, I had um, uh, all Meyer UPJ, 1P, I think, top six of those, plus four uh, JBL double-18 uh, top, top end. Um, 
the, 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 one of the commercial install series with, with some Crown MAI 12,000s driving them. We tripped every circuit breaker in the entire kitchen. I had my, my helper running through the kitchen to find outlets. We hadn't tripped from the base. But um, it was amazing. It was truly <laughs> amazing. And I went there dressed in my club clothes, my Versace shiny jacket and um, headset mic. And kids loved it. And, and, I, and I totally carried off the, the, the cool dad and my daughter got, you know, got her, her, her street credibility for a father who can actually bring the party to them. So I was happy. Oh, so many dads try that and they, they fail. Uh, congratulations on that one. Thank it's you. so Thank easy you. to think that what we're doing is cool. And then just, you know, we have no clue what 16 year olds and 15 year olds think is interesting. We don't know. We're so out of touch. But no, bring in the party. That's still cool. You know, wait, the best part was my daughter is obviously up on the music for that generation. But I still, I like club dance type music. So that's all I play in my car. So I'm pretty up on it too. So I actually played a song at the dance that the kids went crazy for. And the, my daughter came over to me and she was so angry because she's like, Baba, I don't... I don't know that song. How did you know a song that all the kids would like that even I don't know? I said, well, that's my job. You know, <laughs> she respected me after that. Nice. Very cool. That's hard to, it's hard to stay ahead of the curve on that one. I must've taken some research. Definitely. Also, I, um, I have a friend who does a lot of DJ work and, and generally I'll sub, uh, he'll sublet some of it to me, sub, uh, he'll sub out some of the production to me. So okay. he'll get a prom or something. He doesn't really own much gear or in the stuff he owns is DJ quality. So if he needs some good wireless mics or this or that, I'll help him out. You know, whenever I do that, I'll copy his current music files and just add that to my collection. Nice. I can only imagine the other, uh, the other DJ parent was just kind of had to sit <laughs> off in the corner and go like, oh, my, with his two turntables and uh, some powered Mackies, maybe. Oh, wait, this is the best. So after this dance, right, when my daughter was a ninth grader, I was supposed to do the, the homecoming dance. Uh, but for whatever reason, that teacher just didn't want to give it up, just I don't know what she stuck with the other parent. Right. And it was sad because it was a big formal dance and I would have blown it away. So my daughter comes back and when I pick her up from the dance and I'm like, how was it? She's like, Oh my God, the DJ. She said, I walked in there first. I couldn't even find him. Right. And there was no base. I went over and I checked out his equipment and she called him out on it. She went up to him and she said, <laughs> said where's your CDJ Nexus 2000s? What type of mixer is this? I've never heard of this brand. And the guy just looked at her like, uh, little girl, do you usually ask about these things? So I was, pretty, I was proud of her. I was proud of her. <laughs> You're raising a little tech snob. Good exactly, on you. Exactly. Exactly. Audiophile. Well done. <laughs> I've got a picture of her. I had an MA full size set up next to my bed for a little while because I had kept it. It was in my house pending being installed. And um, I had set up some DMX lights. Uh, the I put the MA console on the side of the bed. And I, there's a picture of her laying on the bed programming the MA, at least changing the colors and whatnot. And, and that was amazing. It was when she was seven. Nice. <laughs> 
And then the, the theater instructor, somehow, she was in the school theater class, they start bringing, bringing it up and she corrects him. And I couldn't believe that. I, don't, I forget what it was about, but it was something about <laughs> fixture number or DMX address. Or, and she's like, oh, oh, but isn't it DMX not fixed? And, and the guy's just like, oh, yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that uh, inevitably ended up with you having to come in and teach everybody what you know about the console then. They asked me to come once a year for a presentation. So I would usually bring... Um, uh, an MA, the the uh, it's been so long I forget the P uh, MA on PC with Got a uh, with the small console and uh, one DMX pan tilt LED light. Wait, you know, another one I did for her was uh, her birthday party. Right, it was in June. So last year she she wanted to have her party at a, I don't know a roller rink or so, somewhere, but it wasn't going to happen due to the the virus. So I said, we'll have a party at home. We have a little backyard. It's no big deal. So I go out in the backyard, I set up the confetti cannons again, but with, you know, the rice paper, the cruise ships use, because when it goes into the ocean, it dissolves. Mm -hmm. I bought 50 pounds of rice paper confetti, which is not cheap, by the way, and um, filled the machines up with that. Then I set up uh, part of the video wall. I set up some sound system and I set up some vertical foggers to just randomly go off. Then I got... Um, you ever seen the Lemaitre pre-packaged pyro or similar systems, the, the yeah. flash pots and whatnot? Yeah. So I, I buy a whole bunch of that stuff just for fun. Um, and I hollow out a couple watermelons. I cut a little hole in the top. Then I take a drill, like a blender, a paint stir, hollow out the watermelon, put the flash pot in the watermelon. So I sit the watermelons on all the fence posts around the backyard. So then when we're doing a happy birthday to you and... Boom, boom, fire comes out of all the watermelons. I have a picture of that too. I'll send it to you. It's amazing. But this is uh, this is how we entertain ourselves. This is, I, I guess, if uh, if you have ADD, this is how you uh, how you pass the time. Yeah, I think there were actually people coming in from the street that day who weren't even at the party. But <laughs> I said, hey, because we also had an alligator walking around. I had paid a guy to bring an alligator and a 20-foot python. So the snake was slithering around. And then when my daughter was time for to get her birthday, whatever, they wrapped the snake around her. Um, and then the guy's got the gator sitting on the ground. And all, I mean, just the 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 sensory overload of confetti, smoke machines, fire coming out of watermelons, an alligator walking around. It was, it was, it was, that was good. I'm trying to decide if you were going to send you a picture of that. I'm trying to decide if you're entertaining her or entertaining yourself. Combination this, of both. Little of both. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I can only imagine that uh, that makes for a very popular neighborhood. I would imagine that a lot of people, uh, Imagine you get a reputation for being the party guy after a while. And they're like, well, if we're going to throw a party, we got a bookie and got to get him over here. If we're going to, we got all these uh, watermelon that they're going to rot if we don't get Ian over here to <laughs> party with us. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's basically one of those things where you've got the people in the neighborhood who like the mad scientist guy. And then you've got the people who tend to be older, no offense, that don't. So um, it's love or hate. That's what I would say. And of, <laughs> of our house is here. So across the street, my friend. So that's, and I'm that his, his family. So that's two likes. Then the people up the hill are party partiers themselves. So that's a like, then the one next door 
that's a that's a no go. But I taught my daughter. I said that is North Korea. You never cross the border. <laughs> she she threw one of her gliders one day, right? Those styrofoam gliders, which she loves. She said, Baba, Baba, it's in North Korea. What do we do? I said we're going to go on an exfiltration mission and we're going to extract it. You know, when when he's not around. <laughs> It's like uh, the Sandlot when the when the ball goes over the fence, you just you you just lost that ball. You exactly. Gotta, you you got to wait till you can call in for backup. <laughs> uh, so another one that I really enjoyed watching was you were doing uh, some outdoor drive-in movies. How did that go? Ah, oh, okay. So my friend, uh, high school friend of mine, now owns a restaurant. Um, restaurant has a decent capacity parking lot. So him and I talked, and we said, okay. Let's throw a drive-in movie back when it was still warm out. Uh, so we did it like this. Um, I rented a 26-foot Penske truck to use as a mobile stage. I then set up crank-up lifts, 25 feet of box truss on the Penske truck, the flatbed, rigged up the video wall. I was able to uh, drive the fully assembled system with, that, with the lifts lowered uh, to his place where I then cranked the lifts up and set up the FM transmit antenna. And I didn't just go with one of those Amazon $60 FM transmitters. I went with an actual broadcast quality, um, 30 watt, um, I mean, turned down of course, but, um, and a Innovonics a broadcast processor. So the quality was like Q102 or um, 94.5 PSD, whatever big radio station. It was not the tinny, poor quality mono FM transmitters that you hear when they were listening to Top Gun, which was one of the movies we showed in their car, they were hearing Top Gun quality audio, which I was, I was proud of. And I probably did not need to spend the money on that transmitter and that broadcast processor, but I couldn't resist. Why not go? Why not buy the best one? Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I almost regretted not having gone one higher just because there were it's like, well, I've got the bandwidth compression. I've got this. I've got that. I've got the network access. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. At least uh, if if people like it, people don't like it. You know, it's not because of the audio audio quality. If if people just start to not come, and it's because of the audio quality, you know that you uh, you didn't spend enough money on it. Exactly. And everybody who came had fun. We did it two times. I was in charge of production. Uh, my friend was in charge of promotion. He owns a restaurant. I don't. He should be able to promote better. Unfortunately, I think his promotion skills were a bit lacking. But even when the local township tried to do something with one of the local universities where they had hired a 40-foot inflatable screen and a you know a big 40,000 lumen projector or something, even then they only got, I don't know, 150 paid, paid cars, whereas we had gotten 50. So... I guess okay. people just weren't that into it, which is too bad because it was a lot of fun. And, and people were, some people complained about one time we showed back to back. I think we showed Top Gun and we showed Back to the Future, but it was an 80s. It was specifically an 80s thing. And I had put it out there. I told my friend to put it out there on his social media. What do you want to see? You know, tell me the movie. I'll get the DVD of it. I'll convert it to the video wall format and we'll show it. You know, and um, hey, you know, maybe uh, maybe we'll do it again. The school reached out, said they want to do a fundraiser for the ninth grade class as it gets warmer. I said, let's do it. That's cool. I I don't think of 
I can't think of any other way to go see a movie these days. Obviously, with the theaters being closed, it's not going to happen for quite a while. I don't think. I don't think you'll see it. I mean, uh, I wasn't even going to the movie theaters before the virus hit because uh, you what can't you watch at your your own house? And the the quality of movies. No offense to the movie industry, but you're recycling way too much stuff. Yeah, it's happening a lot. I mean, we want, there's so many amazing books that I've read that would make great movies. Even my daughter brought one to me, you know, it was a book we read together and um, it would make an excellent movie. It was called The Day Before Midnight. It was about, came out in the 90s about terrorists who try to take over a missile silo that's independent launch capable and um, they're Russian ultranationalists. They figure they'll shoot the missile at Russia, then Russia will retaliate, destroy the US, and they will have won the larger battle. But the thing is, that type of book would make an awesome movie. I told my daughter, I said, write a letter to Steven Spielberg. Maybe you as a kid will get his attention. Nice. Yeah, shoot for the moon there. Don't- I mean, uh... it never hurts to try. Yeah, I'm sure he's available on Instagram, or I'm sure there's some way to get a hold of him. I'm. I'm sure that's something that they would love to get the PR for that one and doing some sort of in- child inspired movie. That's a great idea. Exactly. And you know what I, wait, uh, I told my daughter that I, I believe uh, this is, this is more of a philosophical thing, but I told her, I said, as a child, you have what I call a kid credit, right? When, when a kid, I don't care if any kid wrote you a letter, right? Like an actual letter that got delivered to your house, you know, dear Chris Lewis, you know, I'm amazed by what you do. You know, could, would you teach me about it? Introduce me to somebody, blah, 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 blah. You know, you would go over and aboard. You'd call the kid back. You'd chat with them for hours about lighting, you know, and if, when they got older, you'd probably introduce them to somebody to do an internship or something. Yep. All kids have that kid credit. Not all kids know how to take advantage of it. Because once you're an adult, you're just another adult that nobody gives you know about. I told her, I said, try to use that kid credit. It doesn't have to be with movies. It could be with whatever you're into, but that'll give you something to do. And mind you, she's still going to school full time. It's just remote. And, and remote school is psychologically rough on the kids. The districts are brutal. They will not give them a day off for snow days now where they, you know, because they're like, we're, we're remote anyway. What's it matter? But remember, psychologically, <laughs> kids like to go out and play in the snow and you're taking even that away from them. It's, it's depressing. Snow days are a thing of the past now. We, yeah, we gone. They just, it's just a single email saying, instead of a snow day, we're just going to switch to remote learning. So stay in your jammies because uh, you're, you're going to school. You're going, you're going to school one way or another. Yeah, I'm having a really rough time with that one. My kids were home for quite a while and I would have my my daughter would be upstairs, my son would be downstairs and you got to make sure to go and check on them, make sure that they're not playing the their video games off the side of their school and Right. That's a tough one. Oh, and they do get distracted. You know, I even I even caught her a couple of times, you know, looking at the <laughs> video games or watching a show or something. I'm like, oh, is that what we're supposed to be doing today? And it's like, no, but it's boring. You know, <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah. Just go off to the side of their uh, whatever it is, whatever network they're using, and they just start chatting with all their friends and stuff. It's it's no different from you and I passing notes in, in school. You know, it's just a, a higher tech digital version of it. Now, I'll tell you another thing that we like to do. Um, 
I just sent you another picture. There's two pictures. One is a close-up of how we set the video wall up on the Penske truck. Using the Penske truck gave me an instant five-foot off-the-deck stage, and then we cranked up the lifts off of that truck. So that gave us a nice rise on the video wall, um, which literally there were people 100 feet back viewing that. Um, now the second picture is I uh, like to take my daughter target shooting. And that's something we've always done because um, I was a member of shooting clubs for years and I like to target shoot, right? So mm -hmm. um, there was a some type of, I think the, politically, I'm not going to make any comment. I think the whole system sucks. So, <laughs> you know, they, they all suck, but I support the second amendment. So I went, I was so bored out of my mind that I took my Toyota pickup, right? Little Toyota Tacoma. And I took a bunch of pieces of old truss and I cut them down to fit inside the bed of the truck and created a frame. From that frame, I then created verticals and I made it so that I could rig uh, a six foot by four foot video wall on either side of the truck powered by a, a super quiet Honda generator in the back and a laptop in the front running Resolume Arena. And the logo on the side of the truck said, you know, NRA, protect the Second Amendment. So I drove, I basically built my own video truck, drove down to this event and just drove around. But, oh my God, people clapping, cheering, because it was, you know, support the Second Amendment and it was everyone else was into that. Definitely, definitely points for a unique activity there. Nice. I apologize for my listeners. You can't see this, this photo, but this, it looks, if this was a DeLorean, you would think it needed to hit 60 miles an hour and it would, uh, <laughs> and it would exactly it, it would just disappear in a, in a streak of flames, except it's a Tacoma and it's got to be 12 feet tall after uh, what Ian's done to it. And I put two Meyer powered speakers in the bed of it so that it could also play music. And no lie, it looked so official that when I got down there to this event, the cops waved me through to areas that I wasn't even supposed to really be in, you know, and I just parked it there so that everybody could um, drive by and see the, the uh, NRA logo. But <laughs> it was great. Nice. Ian, I, I, I hate to un... Uh, to open up this Pandora's box, but what is Halloween like at your house? Halloween is something where I've probably dropped the ball. You know how the shoemakers' children have no shoes? Well, <laughs> the lighting designer's Halloween house tends to be overlooked, especially because Halloween's usually a huge money-making night for me. Right. You know, out doing some mega event or something like that. Um, but this year, we did try to spice it up a little bit, but and there were some kids who trick or treated. I mean, we we were we were we were going to trick or treat no matter what, you know. So we put candy out, we put the smoke smoke machine out. I had um, the sound system in the garage, which is you know massive commercial stuff stacked up from floor to ceiling, cranked up with the garage door cracked, and I'm playing Thriller and you know, Monster Mash and all that. And you could hear it four blocks away, so. Well, if if that's uh, you dropping the ball, I can only imagine what it is, what it what it's like when you're not dropping the ball. In fact, wait, I'll tell you a story. Okay, so this is going way back to ninety ninety three, maybe, and 
I had the my first big sound system that I used for all my work at that time was four EAW SB250s, which was a double 15, and then four EAW JF560s, which was a 15 and a two inch horn. Um, great cabinets, they always were. Um, they were run three way. So, you know, it's 93, I had just gotten all this equipment and my friend and I were like, let's set it up. Let's set it up in the garage or in the, in the driveway and see how far away we can hear it. You know, yeah, that's a, that's a cool idea. Let's, let's do that. So we, um, we wire it into the, uh, to the house. We put on some, God knows what club music was popular at the time, cranked it up to 10 with our hands over our ears and then just ran, ran away, ran down the block. Right. And you could easily hear it a quarter mile away, but then all of a sudden it just boom, shut off trip the circuit breakers in the house, right? But <laughs> as we come back, the neighbor, and this is the neighbor that doesn't like us, comes out of her house yelling, and you're going to have to edit this. You motherfuckers, I can't even hear myself think inside my own house, blah, 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 blah. And um, needless to say, the relationship has been rocky ever since. <laughs> that was the leader of North Korea. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. That was Kim Jong Il. <laughs> it it sounds like uh, your your international relationship skills are are doing quite well. It sounds like you pissed off the right people there. <laughs> Actually, the um, the, do you hear that quacking? I, I, I is that ducks or something? What are you? Yes, are you yes rescuing it. ducks. I have four mallards, uh, and I thought they would be. They they don't like to be alone. They're ducklings, and um, I thought that they would be quiet if i brought them up here and sat them next to me in the living room they normally stay in the basement <laughs> one of them managed to hop out of his box the others aren't quite big <laughs> enough so they were asleep at the beginning but now they're awake yes they sound hungry they are and and you know what they want they want worms mm. <laughs> you know i never knew i actually went to Amazon, and this is fun for my daughter too because um I ordered the, the duck from Metzer Farms in California. They FedEx them overnight to you, right? They come to your local post office. And then, yeah, see, I just gave them the worms. So you hear the quacking. Mm -hmm. They, um, I ordered uh, 50 pounds of hard to resist the temptation of the delicious dried worms. That's from Amazon. So <laughs> I, uh, in the basement, I, build a um, built a little pen so my daughter can go down there and play with the ducklings you know they're mallards so they grow up i take them to my friend's farm and they can fly and they become wild but they basically stay at his farm so we just raise them okay but i ended up using you know heat lamps and this and that and commercial stuff actually it's interesting I even set up a monitor next to their to their box because if you play, they don't like to be alone. But I put on the duck documentary from National Geographic, and they'll just be mesmerized watching it because it's about ducklings hatching and whatnot. Their own uh, learn to fly tutorials. Exactly. Exactly. Right on. I, <laughs> next, next thing you know, we're gonna have ducks that know how to code or something. I don't know what uh, I don't know what the ultimate outcome there is gonna be. I, I, I guarantee you did not see the quacking coming when we started talking, right? <laughs> so you are manipulating all of your vehicles. 
Last time I, I kind of, we emailed back, you were uh, changing up all your go-karts as well. Oh, you were right. modifying all your carts as well. So what I've been trying to do is everyone's got little projects that they, you know, oh, I always wanted to install a little light there or fix that or fix this. So I, I went on a, a two-week kick of just fixing lights on my cars and on my go-karts. So the um, in my cars, I replaced all the old, incandescence with LEDs. Then I bought the um, JBL, believe it or not, I didn't even know this product existed. JBL makes a, a spare tire shaped subwoofer. You buy this sub, it's 500 and it fits inside a spare tire and it, and the sound quality is excellent, right? Really gives a lot, a lot of thump to the car. So I bought one of those, installed that in my little Honda Accord. And now the base is something a teenager would envy. So that's awesome. Do you have to replace your spare tire? Nope, nope, nope. You know how the spare okay, tire, good. you do have to remove <laughs> the foam the foam thing that sits in the spare and holds the jack. That has Got to it. come out. And the sub okay. fits in there like a the inside of a donut. And then you just take your, your jack and you put it you know, in the back seat or something. Got it. Um, so I do that. Then I, um, you know, the, uh, they have these cool LED brake lights, uh, like on an ambulance. When you hit the brakes, they strobe for three seconds or, you know, strobe, 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 and then steady. They're right. legal. So I install those. Those look cool. Then I go to my go-karts and I, um, uh, they make these antennas that are LED, right? They're about a three quarters of an inch thick they come with a little remote and they do all kinds of cool patterns streaking leds color changing so i put one of these antennas on each of my vehicles so when the kids are out riding or we're out riding we can see where the other person is plus you can change the the setting to whatever mood you're in one person's antenna is strobing the other one's the slow blue color fade um then they're like 60 bucks on amazon nice you can actually tell different <laughs> people's uh, emotions by the by the pattern <laughs> and the colors of their of their antenna yep. we're like we're like uh, lightning bugs exactly exactly <laughs> you can tell which which children are the sons of are the, the the children of the mad scientist by their by their lightning rods <laughs> well i'm the only other than my one friend who lives not in who lives a little bit farther away i'm the only one with the go-karts so i i my friend from across the street, when his nieces and nephews come, will then end up with a group of kids. So my daughter will have his kid and we'll have his nieces and nephews. And at that point, I'll bring out all the go-karts, which gives us three electric ones, one Segway electric go-kart, which is very cool, two independent electric go-karts that I've hopped up with LiPo batteries and strobe lights, and then a gas-powered two-seater go-kart and a mini quad. Uh, also with fancy lighting. In fact, I put I put one of those wig wag things in, you know, or on a police car where the high beams flip up and down alternately. I put that on the on the ATV with the colored antenna and the strobing brake lights. So um, and I put switch panel on it. So my daughter still has fun with that. You are a tough Jones to keep up with. I can I can see other people coming over like look I got these new LED valve stem caps for my ATV like oh yeah I just put a video wall on the on my go kart so. yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> I um I take my daughter out to uh, fly drones I even 
I had actually taken pilot, uh, piloting lessons before in both helicopters and fixed wing. And I have about 65 hours, but I did not get my license. It's just, it just expensive. And at the time I, I wasn't mm -hmm. going to do it as a career, but someday I'd like to finish. I absolutely can fly a helicopter, or if you put me in an aircraft, I could land it safely. Uh, so with that note, I, I got my drone license. Never made a penny with the damn things though. Never. It's like, I thought, okay, if you want to do commercial drone work, you need the license. And then I offered my services. Nobody. It's like, okay. Uh, and I have a couple expensive drones, but go out there, fly them with my daughter and I'll fly along with the big one. She'll fly along with the little one. And I have two landing pads, one big, one little. She has to land hers on the little one. I have to land mine on the big one. First time she lands hers dead on, she's so happy. She's like, I got it, you know? So, um, and she's in Civil Air Patrol. Civil Air Patrol is like uh, the Boy Scouts for the Air Force, but anybody can join, girls or boys. Um, okay. It was a cool thing. I found out about it. Took my daughter to a meeting when she was 12, which is the earliest you can join, and she liked it. So every Thursday, she goes to her Civil Air Patrol uh, meeting where they give her free flight lessons. Every year, she gets, I think, six free Cessna flight lessons in a U.S. government plane with an Air Force pilot. It's, it's amazing. So like that's I take no credit for that. It's just finding the activity and bringing her to it. And it's free. It costs nothing. Um, she loves that, too. I did not know that exists. That's amazing. And she's also been to space camp. Um, you remember the movie, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. I loved that movie. Oh my God. In the, when that, whenever that movie came out in 1986, I just, I would dream of going to space camp. I didn't even know it was real, but it is real. And it's in Huntsville, Alabama. So um, before the virus, I drove, you know, my wife, myself, my daughter, we drove to Huntsville, stayed in a hotel for five days while she was at space camp. And she loved it. Highly recommend it. What else? I hope, uh, I hope eventually she can secure you a seat on the SpaceX that takes you to Mars for the next pandemic. Instead of us all locking down, we'll just send a couple of people to Mars for a couple of weeks and then. Exactly. You know, and hey, she's got the in with the Air Force now. She could be a pilot. Who knows? It's actually really good. CAP. Number one, looks good on her college application. And number two, if you actually want to go into the military, if, you, if you've met minimum requirements in CAP, you can actually go into the military three ranks higher. So instead of a private, you're like a E3. And as an officer, you have a chance to go to the Air Force Academy, a much better chance if you've completed the Civil Air Patrol program. I don't know if my daughter wants to go in the military, but that's just the cool thing about it. Everybody wants to fly. If, whether it end up being for the military or for private, yeah, we all want to fly one way or another. Especially me. I, like, I want to be on an airplane more than anything right now. Have you ever played X-Plane? Do you have I have not. I haven't. This year. Okay. Um, a, I highly recommend it. Buy the game. Buy a – I can recommend you a nice $200 joystick throttle kit, which is plenty, and you will have so much fun. And the thing about X-Plane is that the flight dynamics are the best out there. They're realistic. So you really are landing the Cessna. It's not the software helping you. It's, there's no automation. The flight dynamics are real. If you stall it, if you bang a wing into the ground, it's going to replicate that accurately. And there is a trade show every year called ITSEC. ITSEC is the biggest professional simulation trade show in the world. 
and it's every year in Orlando. And I go every year. I love it. I mean, this is commercial, $20 million motion simulators, seal boat attack simulators with machine guns. I've got a picture of my daughter firing a rotary minigun from a simulated helicopter at simulated terrorists. Um, and uh, they actually allow kids to go on certain days. So I, I go to that, take my daughter to that. But there's also Flight Sim Expo, which is another trade show. And I am a presenter there. Uh, I missed presenting last year because it was canceled. And I'm going to present this year. And um, I give two seminars. I give a, and this is, I don't get paid. It's just something to do. Uh, I give a seminar on home cockpit construction. People want to do, like, my system is actually set up so that when you turn the air conditioning switches on, they're connected to relays, which then turn on blowers underneath the unit and air starts rushing in. So when you hit the air conditioning switch, you get a tactile response. You can feel the cool air rushing in. When, when you hit simulate fire, I have a relay that will trigger an F-100 and fill the cockpit with fog. I mean, you can do, sky's the limit, right? If, if you can dream it and you can afford it, you can do it. If I am ever on a plane and the pilot and the co-pilot pass out for no apparent reason, I'm really hoping that you're on my flight. Uh, I could land. You got my vote. <laughs> if anybody comes like, is there a pilot on the plane? And you, right here. you raise your hand, I'm going to be like, that's the guy right there. He's he's the one. Shoot him up there to the front. Wait, there's a, this is the, I'm so proud of my daughter for this. There's a company in Las Vegas. Um, okay, do you know what a level D simulator is? I'll explain uh, for everybody. Okay. okay. A level D simulator is the giant bubble thing on the long spider legs that you sometimes see in movies or whatever. It's where they train real pilots. According to the FAA, when you're flying a level D simulator, you're flying the real plane. There are times when a pilot who's flying your 737, he might've transitioned from another aircraft. They don't just let him take a 737 out for a couple flight lessons. He does all his training in the fixed level D unit, which moves and has sound effects and everything. And then he goes right into the real thing. So according to them, you fly the, um, you fly the, the level D, you're flown the real thing. So I have a number of hours training in the level Ds, in the 737 and the 757. Um, my daughter, I took her when she was eight for two hours, almost two hours of flight time in a 737 level D, no, 757, okay? When we get there, the instructor looked at me, he's like, and then he looks at my daughter, he's like, okay, little girl, today your daddy is gonna fly an airplane. And I said, no, 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 she's gonna fly the airplane. To this day, they have her picture on their website as like the youngest um, person who ever did it successfully. She she landed. I mean, it was. I was so proud. Wow. So. All right. And, and it's, it's just you you know just have to think outside the box. Like you know, it's totally doable. It was a couple hundred bucks, I admit, but it was just a matter of calling them up. It's going to be tough for me to put my ego aside when we're on this plane going down because of the pilot and the co-pilot. But I'm gonna. Your 15 year old daughter is going to get ahead of me, and you're like, yeah, you you fly this plane exactly. <laughs> Please, uh, I'll uh, I'll make sure that nobody comes in the cockpit and tries to stop you. That that'll be my. I'm better at that. Right, right. I'll I'll handle crowd control. You fly. <laughs> 
I'll uh, I'll set up some a Lego to keep everybody distracted while you fly this plane and keep us all safe. That's what I can do. <laughs> oh, you know what? And back to the when we go to the shooting range, there is um, there's actually only one place to shoot guns near me, and that's at the McGuire Air Force Base. There's a public range, and um, what we do is what I have considered poor man's Jersey legal reactive targets. So we go to the dollar store, we get the three liters of the no name cola, shake them up, put them down RC or something like that, right? Yep. Put, put them down range and shoot them because they're shaken up so much, they explode when they get hit, which is a lot more fun than just shooting a paper target. So um, well, that's how my father taught me to respect firearms. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you realize that when you shoot something, it doesn't it doesn't fall over and go, oh, you got me. It, I mean, it explodes. That's how you know that. Uh, oh yeah, dealing with no. is powerful. My my daughter, my I know some I know some people have their own opinions about guns, whatnot. But my daughter has been trained, and even even taken a professional safety class from a from a train like an actual police trainer. So she. Before she ever handled a firearm, she had been taught the proper way. She no, you know, there's there's no question about safety. Safety is followed, uh, un without without fail, right? Yeah. But so with with the safety taken care of and her properly trained, it's a fun thing to do together. And uh, it's gotten to the point that grown men at the range are what I drop my drop my body pack. Um, it, grown men at the range will look over and see this this little girl because she's petite holding an AK-47 and just hitting every target. <laughs> and uh, it's like, wow. Nice. I, I feel like we have we have an hour's worth of stuff that we could talk about just on guns. For the mercy of our uh, my audience, we'll, we'll skip that today. Maybe we'll yeah. have to pick that up another time. Well, you know, I, before before we end, I could, you know, what would be interesting is let's see what's on Ian's desk. Right. Like, as we're as we're wrapping up here, there's the duckies right? <laughs> okay. yep. sitting there patiently yep. waiting Hardboard for the worms. Box full of ducks. Yep. There are the delicious worms, 50 yep. pounds. All right. So now we turn around to my piano. The, oh, yes. My daughter, she is, does very well. OK. And then see our lighting. Our, it's like a nightclub. Yep. And then look, here we go. We have uh video devices we have uh sound devices we have time code units we have the equipment that we're talking on right now we have a multitude of laptops we have is that a radioactive night, night. label uh where is that uh, there's a, a yellow and black i can't tell if it's a like a cd For, cover or yeah a, oh, oh yeah it's my mouse pad yeah 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 because i love super mad scientisty no no i've got I've really got uranium in the garage. Oh, I, I actually, I actually, um, I bought, uh, I went to um, U.S. Nuclear Supply, right? And um, <laughs> okay, no lie, Carry on. I, I bought, I bought, you know, uh, I don't know, half a pound of uranium, right? And because uh, I want to teach my daughter a little bit about radi radiation. So I bought her a couple of those tritium key fobs, right? They're, they, um, the, the small glass tubes with tritium in them that that glow in when it's very dark. Okay. Um, then so I got the tritium, I got the uranium, and then I got a piece of trinitite. Do you know what that is? I don't. Uh, all right, here, check this out. Um, when they detonated the 
when they detonated the first nuclear bomb, it was called Shot Trinity, and it was out there okay. in the uh, desert. So after that, collectors would come out there and dig up the molten – the explosion had melted the gla- melted the sand, creating a greenish radioactive glass, which collectors wanted. And for a little while, the government was actually letting them take them. And after a while, they stopped that. So whatever trinitite is in circulation is all there is. So I got a certified piece of trinitite. Um, so that's our radioactive collection. Then I bought a, a nice Geiger counter and I showed my daughter the, the rates we were getting off of all of these things. And the uranium was putting out five microsieverts per hour, which is the equivalent of a dental x-ray. So I keep it in a, um, a steel ammo can you know, buried in the backyard, but it's just the fact that we have it. You so, have uranium. Should yeah, should exactly. anybody need uranium? The uh, Ian yeah. is the guy to talk to. I mean, hey, how how can kids truly understand Chernobyl if they don't actually hold a Geiger counter and say, "Wait, this rock is emitting heavy, ga- hard gamma rays"? You know. <laughs> so let's see. Let's finish with my desk here. So then we've got we got um uh oh, I lose the there we go. We've got another monitor on the wall. We've got some, this is a little front fill light for me. Um, we've got a banana peel and a coffee cup, I think, there. Uh, and then we've got a bunch of projects under construction and miscellaneous If parts. I had to describe it the best way, I would say that this is what I imagine it looks like inside the brain of an ADHD mad scientist. You got it. Your house is like a physical representation of what it looks like inside my own son's head. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can go. We can go. If we do this again, we can go into into serious depth on any Absolutely. any topic you want. We have much more to discuss. Uh, we got to cut it off today. I I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for welcoming us inside your brain for a little while, Ian. It's been it's been magical. I I can only imagine what it is like to be your neighbor. I I would definitely not hang out with the North Koreans over there. <laughs> the uh, I'm having air quotes here with the North Korea neighbor but man i i think anytime somebody wants to throw a block party i would imagine you're you're at the top of the list the last thing i'll say is that one time maybe two summers ago the neighborhood kids were bored and i actually set up the full video wall that i owned at the time outside on crank up lifts on the sidewalk all the kids then sat across the street in the neighbor's yard and watched the movie with uh, with speakers and everything so um, I have a couple of cool pictures of that. So that was definitely the free neighborhood activity. It doesn't matter how how many restrictions you put on Ian, you're going to find a way to be creative and entertain people. That's it's just in your DNA. I can feel it. I know, and 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 and, and you know what it is? It's a difficult time right now in this business, and I need to find I need to find somebody out there in the in this the space or the ethereum or the whatever it is who could use the services of somebody like me you know so <laughs> the more pub- no publicity is bad publicity absolutely I'm very glad to have been here today and we'll join you anytime you want to do it again thank you so much ian i appreciate your time 